rock and rollin' episode 517, No Laugh Track Podcast. Uh, this is Justin Sievers and the host each and every week here at Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. Brian Miller is here. First time... No, not first time guest. Am I still the second most common guest, do you think, after Slagle? I don't think it'd be possible for anyone to pass you. Two is yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm well ahead. I think Lester is not even close to to me, and Lester is not. He's he's up there, but he is. Uh, and I and I will. So you did get your little extra one this year. I know when we you and I uh did the funniest person <laughs> podcast with I got to host and you got to guest and uh, you just have to keep doing that again. I've told you in the past. I'm the Tom Brady. I'm just gonna keep going steady and strong. Yes. You know. Yes. I mean, if they don't keep, I don't know what the future of that podcast is, but if that doesn't keep going, you got to come up. With We're some doing others. more. We're doing more you next are. year. You yeah. are. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Excellent. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it, it should keep going. So here we are. We're here at your headlining week. Yeah. At Acme. It's here. How was the first night, sir? It was good. It was good. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm working on a new hour, but I don't, I don't have a whole new hour. Uh, 25 to 30. So I'm trying to, you know. The weekend, the weeknight shows have been good to like figure out what order does this go in. Okay. I was working on that in Louisville. Uh, I was at the Comedy Caravan in Louisville. Good club, first time there. Nice. Okay. Club. Not really a like family run, cool old space. Pretty good audiences. Um, so I was working on that there. So I'm starting to kind of sort of take shape a little bit. Starting to get a sense of you know what goes where. Was uh was that the first time you've been doing that this hour? Or? I've been working on bits and pieces of it. You know. All, all year, basically since the album came out last year. Um, but this is, it, I kind of got to the point where I was like, I was just sprinkling the new jokes throughout the kind of bones of my old set because there wasn't enough to like form a set. And then th- that was my goal for this headline week was like, okay, by this week, I want to have like a structure taking form. And then by the end of this week, hopefully, I, w- I won't know the final structure till I have the last 20 minutes of the jokes. That'll help. But I want to like have it be like, a little bit of a narrative, you know. Last time you were here uh, with your full week was uh, just about a week, or a year, uh, about a year ago. Pretty much exactly, take. yeah. Uh, and at that time when we did the podcast, just a quick refresher for uh, you and I here, <laughs> you talked about you had recently opened for Al Franken. Yeah, That yeah. was quite an experience. He, I don't, did he, I don't, doesn't seem like that comedy, he didn't keep touring. Did yeah, he? you know, that's interesting. When I worked with him, he was definitely talking about doing that as a special. I haven't seen uh, it. Now, it's very possible that he recorded that special at some point, and we just don't know about it, and it just hasn't come out, and then it's going to pop out on Amazon or Netflix. I, I truly don't know why Amazon or Netflix or whoever wouldn't put that out. You know what I mean? Like, I see some crap specials out there and you see some kind of randos, you know, and, and it, it it's Al Franken and it was funny. Like, I mean, I, I watched the, the set. It was funny. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. Where, where else are you going to get a Senator, former Senator doing an hour of comedy about being in the Senate? It's pretty unique. Very. Uh, and like, sort of a lot of curiosity. People want would want to hear that. Absolutely. And that, that was what was interesting about that Franken set was it mostly was like, if I was titling the special, I mean, I would come up with a better title, but it would be something like about like, you know, adventures in the U S Senate. That would be like the subhead of the book. It was, it wasn't a lot of SNL stuff. It wasn't a lot of current politics stuff. It was a lot of like, here's what it's like to be in the Senate. Yeah. Like that's a good Netflix special. So maybe it's going to pop up, but I, I agree. I haven't seen him on the road. 
The other thing we talked about uh, you were, <laughs> at that time, it was uh, your, cat, your cat had recently found a mouse, and that was a whole adventure, and uh, you were recording the album. Yes, which is out, uh, and out, you know, it's you can buy it now, it's on, uh, you know, Amazon and iTunes and all that. If you want to not get me paid, you can listen to it on Spotify. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, or you can buy a hard copy from me, if you're still a hard copy person, physical media, it's making a comeback. I saw them sitting in back. Did I I've not? I've got a stack of them. Yeah. So you'll have them available at the shows. Oh this yeah. Week yep. Selling. Yep. I just got the the hard copies like two weeks ago. So they're those are pretty fresh. Okay. So yeah, album's out. It's done. So now it's like moving on to the next next album. Can basically. I and I ask how are you? How much are you asking for those? Is it a donation based? Pay what Is you it, want. Pay what you want. Pay what you want. That works for you. I I find it works better. Yeah. Yeah. I find I, I think you average more. I wouldn't want to. Ch- I don't want to say what the number is, lest I limit anybody, but I have a number in my head that I would probably ask, and I think I average more than that number. Oh, nice. Okay. Most people give me the number that I would probably have guessed, that Perfect. I would have said. But every but some people just want to give you cash, and but then sometimes people come up and they're like, man, I really, I would really like that. I only have like six bucks. I'm like, it's cool. And it is. It's totally cool. Like, so like I wouldn't want someone to not get one because they didn't have three extra dollars or, you know, Venmo me or whatever. But speaking of that, so you had a tweet the other day about uh, a Venmo patch showing up. Oh, no, I, I, I'm predicting this, that uh, exotic dancers are going to start getting their Venmo QR codes tattooed on their lower back so you can tip them that way. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Yes. You get down there, you swing it, pause, click. <laughs> Because who has cash anymore? I was thinking that strippers are like strippers and drug dealers are really keeping cash in vogue. I carry cash because I'm old and weird. But like when when I pull cash out, people look at me like I paid for my parking meter outside on Tuesday night with coins, and Tommy Bryman just stared slack jaw at me. He's like, "There's an app. What are you doing?" And I was like, "I don't know. I got these coins. I'm putting coins in the box." Hey, when you pay with uh, quarters instead of the app, no surcharge. You're exactly. saving a quarter. There's no surcharge, and also, you know, the government doesn't necessarily know where I am. But there, there you I'm go. I'm not really that paranoid. <laughs> but, but no, I'm, but like I was thinking, like, cash is so gross because at this point, it's really all drugs and strippers. But like the strippers are going to go cashless because I think about how often people don't have cash. I guess. That's why they have those ATMs, obviously, in the strip club that have the $7.50 oh, surcharge yeah. or uh-huh. whatever. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, you know, it's all the era of Venmo, man. It, you know, they're going on your OnlyFans, they're giving you, you know, they're swiping to give you tokens. Why, why shouldn't we just do that? I love the, uh, it's like some of those ATMs. Not that I, they'll have like a little message, like it'll come up as, uh, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, ABC yeah. Entertainment on yes. your bank statement. Just don't worry. That is, that is actually <laughs> genius. And I wouldn't, I don't know that I've, this is going to sound weird, but I don't know that I've ever been to a strip club and not told my wife. First up, I don't really go to the strip clubs, but like right. if I, it, would I 15 years ago when I would be with a bunch of comics and like, she'd be like, what'd you do last night? Eh, all the dirtbags wanted to go to the strip club. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't hiding anything, but, uh, but that's pretty genius. <laughs> when, when uh, I mean, you brought it up that maybe you could see it happening with dancers. What about with comics? Just hit, not on your body, but maybe you have a little, I mean, honestly, like you're saying, like people sometimes just like to support yeah. uh, the people that they're fans of. Do you think that would ever come a time where like literally maybe in the background here you have a, a little QR code and people can like 
do it from the seats? I just, I don't, I, I think, I think, yes, I think that's possible. I, I, I'm quite certain there are already shows that kind of do that. I think it's less likely to be at a club like this because it's like, well, you already paid. The virtual shows I've seen are like that. Like, yes. Uh, hey, if you, you know, if you liked what you saw, throw us some money. Well, and then I, there, I know there's at least a couple of shows in town where they don't charge ticket prices, but they ask if people want to make donations and then they distribute the donations to the comics. Oh, they okay. have a QR code for that that they pass around. And then when I was in New Orleans, uh, New Orleans is a big uh, past the hat, like literally past the hat city. That's a big thing in New Orleans music is like most of the shows are very cheap. But after every like four or five songs, somebody from the band comes out and they pass the, the bucket, pass the hat. Oh, sure. I've and you put that. a couple of bucks in yeah. and they do it like every four or five songs. And, and then everybody does that. It just it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but the hat or the bucket that they pass out now has a QR code on the front of it. And a lot more people scan that than put cash in the hat genius i don't go to church i'm just picturing is that happening in churches now with the collection plate i wonder I'm sure. if that is I i'm bet sure it is. it is and if it's not i just invented that idea and i, I mean like any good dollars. scam the church will let you just get, get kick them 10 percent right out of your paycheck if you want they'll set they'll do the paperwork for you they'll make it work true true yeah yeah yeah. hey we'll, it, we'll help you out you yeah. want to give us money but we got it's it. like netflix just sign up you don't even have to think about it we'll take the money out <laughs> just don't think about it good good very good point uh are you a Minnesota State Fair guy? No. No. I feel no. like I've asked you that before, and I was expecting that Do not that like response. the fair. I'm glad other people like the fair. I, I, I don't like crowds. Okay. I, I, just, I, I don't like crowds. I don't like lines. I don't like... It, it takes 45 minutes to get to the fair, and then by the time I'm done at the fair, I'm so sick of humanity, and I'm so eager to get away, and then you've got 45 minutes more public transportation to get to your car to drive home in the... Oh, I don't... No. Pass. Not interested. You don't want to do the park and ride and be like uh, face to nuts with somebody when this crammed. And that's bus. what I would always do. It always go to some church parking lot, do the yes. park and ride. You know. Yes. I just, I just, nah. And then it's like, I, I, you, you pay to get in, and then you walk around, and everything's not the cheapest, and you eat little bits of this and here and there. And every time I, I would leave the fair when I used to go, I would think. I could have just taken all of this money, gone to a cool-ass restaurant, gotten a bunch of killer appetizers and a cocktail, sat on a patio in the shade, and had a much better time and a much better meal. That's true. It is very true. Although, I'll never miss it. I love the Minnesota State Fair. I'm very we, glad. We went legit. Monday and, and had a blast, and I spent more money than I spent. Like, uh, I used to make fun of those families. Like, oh, but what are they looking forward to this all year, and this is their big family vacation? That's well, for me. kids, I, it I is me. totally get why kids are super into it. I'm sure I would have been way into it when I was a kid. And then I'm sure bringing kids to it's fun, but I'm childless and in my 40s. It's like, I don't, I want to stand around a bunch of weird, sweaty, fat people drinking beer. I'll do a road gig in Wisconsin. <laughs> no, they'll pay me. I don't have to pay them. Clip! <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to. I don't mean to body shame, by the way. I just mean to Wisconsin shame. Very specific. Yeah, let's 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 be clear about that. There you go. Uh, I'm, so I'm going to assume that I did in my vast research. I found that found out that last week your home state, where you were, yeah, the Kentucky State Fair was going on. I know. I'm. I'm, I'm like assuming the, you didn't go. I'm no. I'm like the State Fair comic. Everywhere I go, I, the State Fair is going on at the same time. I'm in town. Next week, anywhere. No? Yeah, well, I, I guess I got to... Iowa, maybe? I guess I got to... No, Iowa State Fair already happened. Already happened. I, I have to go south. I, it must be something in the south that's still... Yeah, coming. I'll find one. <laughs> so, did, was that one you went to as a kid? No. 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 My it's family a, never went to the fair. Ever. No. Were you Were you anywhere... It's in Louisville. You're anywhere? Am uh, I, I saying lived, that correctly? I lived, yeah, I lived closer to the Illinois State Fair at that point. Okay. Um, 
but I, I we never went to any fairs ever. I've never been to a fair until I moved to Minnesota. Okay, I uh, I did a quick look at their uh, entertainment uh, schedule to see what they had this year, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a free entertainment stage with music every night, like the like the Minnesota the Liney Lodge, the Liney Lodge. You know the Liney Lodge. I worked for City Pages for ten years, so I know every single thing that of, goes on at the fair. Of course, oh, every year the fifteen newest fair foods, and just like oh my god, that yeah. I feel like I'm exhausted of the fair just from working at City Pages. Yeah. Having to like go through like the fair cycle every year. Oh, for sure. And for Minnesota sure. Monthly used to work for them. Same thing. Yeah. No, I I, I totally believe it. You can get burnout of yes. Everybody. It's the same thing every the, year. Yes. And here's the thing. That's what the bullshit about the fair is. The appeal of the fair is it's the same thing. And that's great. Yes. That's awesome. You did the haunted house, and I want to go get the corn, and gotta go see the butterheads. But then the the, the, the media, which because I've worked in the Twin Cities media for fifteen years, we have to write about it every year. Like there's something new to talk about. When in fact there's nothing new. They just fried a slightly different thing. That's it. <laughs> there's nothing new. It's the same shit. I mean, it's oh Leonard Skinner's back. Oh, it's one of the Beach Boys. Yeah, who cares? So on the uh, so on the free stage at the Kentucky State Fair. Sure. This guy, I, I want you to see if you can guess who this was. Is he, it that Richmond, North of Richmond guy? <laughs> <laughs> he just does that song nine times. We're like, yeah, where's his QR code? He's on our side. Bullshit, he's on our side. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the Joe the Plumber with a guitar, as oh, I like to think of him. rest in peace. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the musical Ken Bone, if you prefer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Good job. I've been uh, around a while. So... <laughs> The uh, one of the artists playing at the Kentucky State Fair this year is just is, uh, you know, it was Thursday night blank, the legendary voice. And I'm going to tell you that this guy is known these days as a guy who has lost his voice and often sings with backing tracks. Sure. And when he does sing, he's screeching. Oh, is it? Uh, it's not. A, no, it wouldn't be old uh, Jersey Boys. Ay, ay, ay. What's no, his name? from a uh, Frankie Valley. Oh, he died. Did he die? Oh, uh, I don't think he'll ever die. Okay, if I, I know right. if I know who that is. Uh, no, this is a guy from a uh, '80s rock band. Oh, oh God, Motley uh, Crue's Vince Neil. Vince Neil, sure, sure, sure. Vince Neil, the legendary voice. He's the one that everybody complains about when they go see Motley Crue, <laughs> and now he's touring by himself. Yeah, you can't make this up. Yeah, well, <laughs> you gotta. He needs the work, I guess. I, you know. I guess so. Free stage, Kentucky. Uh, we don't get that in Minnesota, is what I'm saying. But w- one other thing, paid concert at the Minnesota State Fair, the the old timers tour with like the Happy Together, they call. You have to pay to see that one in Minnesota, Kentucky. Free stage. Oh, little controversy there. Mm. Little controversy. Inflation. You brought up Netflix about five minutes ago. Yeah. And I know that you were part of their, we've talked about it before, their DVD program. I have 29 more, 20, 30 more days left to be a Netflix disc customer. Now I read that they're giving them away. I know. So now I got to reorganize. Actually, I'm glad you reminded me. I got to go reorganize my queue because I want to have eight to 10 movies that I might like to own because they're going to send you with it from the top of your queue down. Okay. But there's some stuff, but right now my queue is the dregs of what I haven't rented. I don't necessarily want to own any of that. So I need to go clean my queue out, put a bunch of movies I love on there that I don't own. And then, uh, yeah, I, I got a strategy. I got a plan. I bet you do. Yeah. <laughs> I love I, it. You know, I saw that. And I was like, sweet. Do you have any, have they said how many people are still doing that program? Do we have any idea? No, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I know, I know they said the number, I saw a chart for the number of Netflix disc users and it was like this, it was like this steadily plummeting thing. And then it like 2000, I'm, I'm making the year up like 14 or whatever it leveled out. And then it was like, 
I want to say at the time it was like 220,000 customers nationwide, but they said the same 220,000 people like never wavered. So I bet of that 220, I bet a surprising amount survived amazing. to now. Absolutely amazing. I don't know if I've asked you this before, uh, but it always, I don't, I'm sort of jealous of what you do, like watching so many movies. I barely oh, sure. ever watch movies. I have a million reasons why. Sure. Attention span, blah, 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 blah. I just, I don't do it. I like movies. It's not something I do. You, on the other hand, watch a ton of movies, yeah. and then we'll post about it on social media, which I I have fun following along with that when I see them. My question is, how are you choosing those? Oh, whatever I want to watch right now. So actually, every one of those movies, you're like, oh, I that like that they mean something to you. It's not just three words together in a title. Like, no, I've never no. Heard of this. Um, it's uh, you know, there's directors I like that I haven't seen all their movies. There's um. Like, I realized recently I hadn't seen very many Russian movies, so I just Googled best Russian movies, wow. and I looked at a bunch of lists, and then there was like eight or ten movies that everyone agreed are like, oh my god, this movie's brilliant. Okay. I watched, um, oh, the title's gonna escape me. It was so good. I watched this Russian movie that was just fantastic. Um, oh, I can't believe it. It's been a couple weeks. And my mind's off on movies because I, I haven't been posting about what I've been watching because I've been watching all movies for this project. I'm writing an essay for this fancy film journal called Bright Wall, Dark Room, about how John Dillinger's death scene is one of the most repeated scenes in all of movie history. There's been like nine examples of John Dillinger's death scene. So I'm writing an analysis of every John Dillinger death scene from 1935 to 2009. So I've been watching all these Dillinger movies and Dillinger documentaries. And then I was watching the movie Dillinger because he was killed in a theater and a theater I used to go to. Uh, obviously, a little time difference between the two of us. So he went to the, famously went to the movie, saw a movie, got shot outside, and the movie that he saw was a famous gangster movie that I love. So I talk about that, and then all the movies that are about it, and how they address the idea of him as a moviegoer. So I've been rewatching all these movies. So that's yeah, all wow. I've been doing. Yeah, is that something that was presented to you to do, or did you come up with? This I came up weird with that weird ass idea. Wow. Yeah, because I love. Uh, I just started realizing how many Dillinger movies, and when I Googled it, I hadn't even seen like half of them. Because I'm really into uh, the first Dillinger movie. They made one in 1935 called Public Hero Number 1, but at the time you weren't allowed to make movies about gangsters because of the Hayes Code. The studio was like, only make movies about good guys because the movies were so immoral in the early 30s. Uh, so they had to make a movie about the cop who caught Dillinger, and they changed the names. Uh, will Hayes, the creator of the Hayes Code, actually said no one will ever make a movie about the life of John Dillinger. He was people, like, Dillinger was such a symbol of like, anti-morality and anti-establishment stuff that like that was the example no one will make a john dillinger movie and so then in 1947 uh this poverty row studio uh they're like they don't abide by the studio rules because they're just like this cheapy little b-movie outfit they go gotcha. i bet if we made a gangster movie people would be really like it no one's making these like no one's making gangster movies where the gangster is the hero basically so they made dillinger starring lawrence tierney who was uh, Joe Cabot from Reservoir Dogs, the old bald guy. Yeah. That's his breakout movie. Pink. Yeah, yeah. And he was, he was, he was, in real life, he was a criminal. He was arrested more than 70 times. Um, wow. Yeah, famous drunk fighter. Um, but that was his breakout movie. And uh, he's amazing as Dillinger. And that movie was made for $60,000 and it made like four million, two and a half million dollars, which at the time was like, get out of there. Yeah. So since then, all these people just keep coming back to the Dillinger thing. It's been remade over and over again. Uh, so it's, it's pretty interesting and there's a lot of, there's a lot of good ones and a couple bad ones. Sure. Uh, you like movies so much. Would you ever want to make your own? No, no, no interest. No interest. Never had any interest. Never, 
Never. I don't really like. I think it's interesting being on movie sets. I like watching. I've been on a few and like watched people work, and, and that's cool. But I have no interest in working in, in Hollywood or on a movie set. I don't enjoy the process of movie making. I don't enjoy acting at all. I hate acting. Um, I think it'd be cool to maybe write a screenplay, I guess. What I would, if my druthers, if I just wrote a book and someone make it in a movie, it'd be cool. I'd love to see something I wrote made into a movie. Okay. And it's just like, do whatever you want with it. Good luck. I hope it's good. I'll watch it. You know? Sure. You know, the Stephen King model as opposed to the Alan Moore model. Sure, sure. Are you uh, paying attention to NFL yet? I mean, oh, yeah. Be, I just wrote a the... bunch of just, uh, jokes today for Kostaki. You did? Yeah. because so if you sort of... don't know, what are you, yeah. what are you doing with Kostaki? Yeah, so for, gosh, it's, I think it might be 11 years now. At least at least nine years. Maybe. I think it's 10 is my guess. Uh, I've been writing for, used to be called Quick Snaps. Now it's called All Pro Lines. Uh, but that is Kostaki Economopolis' football comedy segment, which he does on Bob and Tom and some other radio stations. And so every week we write pages and pages of football jokes to condense into a five to 20 minute segment. I don't know. You know, it depends on how long he's on Bob and Tom. Yeah. But yeah, so this is our, we did a preseason one. We had a week off last week, preseason episode before that, but we, we take most of the summer off. Um, but then after the draft basically, but starting this week, cause this is the preview for kickoff. Because next a week from today is the is opening opening day. Oh my goodness! I know, right? Oh, it's the it's the Lions and the Chiefs. Jeez. It's the te- the team that last won the Super Bowl and a team that's never won the Super Bowl. It's like doing Iron Chef for an audience of starving people. It just seems mean, like just rubbing their noses. In it. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But we, uh, yeah, every week we write all these jokes, and so this is our first week, and it's like I try not to think about it in these terms because it's not helpful, but. If you start with before the first week of the season, and then of course you write jokes for the week after the Super Bowl, you know we have a Super Bowl segment post Super Bowl. Sure, I think it's like I think it winds up being twenty nine or thirty weeks in a row, and like if you think of it that way, it's it's daunting. It's good practice for writing comedy. I've been doing it for ten years. <laughs> Here's the thing: I've been doing it so long now. When I first started, I would almost have like fear of writer's blocks. I'm like, how the hell am I going to come up? with new jokes about friggin' football. You know, like it was just, it just seemed like, yeah. have a, but now I've been doing it so long. It's like, well, I'm going to some weeks. They're not as good as others. I'll say that. That's sure. a, some weeks. It's you, you, you go, this was not an inspired week. I left some on the table this sure. week. Um, then some week you'll, I was like, Oh man, I'm banging them out. But there's always new stuff to talk about. It's like writing about the news. There's always something new. Like the, what we wrote, I wrote a ton today on um, Aaron Rodgers left State Farm. He's no longer the State Farm spokesman. So I was oh, like, oh boy. So that's that stuff where you can write all these jokes and white weave in topical stuff. Yeah. So people think it's like it's not all jokes, but boy, did you see that third and twelve play that didn't work out? I mean, you actually can't get too specific about plays. It's for a general audience. So it's you really pick the storylines around the NFL that are that big right now yeah. or big that week. If you know, some crazy game where the Jaguars blow a 30 point lead or whatever and you go like, okay, well that's we're gonna talk a lot about that. Yeah. And then the other thing that I do a lot of times, actually, I go to CNN. I pick a bunch of topic, topical stuff that I want to do and I write a bunch of topical jokes, but I just try to bend them toward football. Uh, it's actually easier to reverse engineer them that way sometimes. And then you can, and, you know, if Kostaki likes them, he likes them. And, Isn't that interesting? But yeah, that's that's the writer's blocky flip. It's just like, go, rather than going, how is this like something else? Go, okay, look at the news, write a joke about this, like the submarine collapsing, right? You go, yeah. okay, submarine collapse. That's in the news. So what team collapsed like that? Who? Uh, so my first joke would be that it was uh, uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins would collapse at six feet. That'd be my first joke, yeah. right? Like, easily collapses <laughs> under pressure, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Thanks, Malcolm. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So, 
and you dig a little deeper, you get better ones. But but yeah. that's kind of the way I, I do that is uh, I often will go to the NFL.com or writing jokes on the couch. Then, yeah, then I'll flip back to the New York Times or CNN. Love it. I used to love talking to Lori Kilmartin when she was a writer for Conan. You yeah. Know, having to turn around. One of the least. best. Yeah. Right, one absolutely. of the best TV writer, like joke writers, and just also just, oh my God, what yeah. a joke writer for herself. So good. Yeah. And just talking to her about how that that process of every day you got to come up with new stuff, topical, where are you She used to the pass news? around this sheet. It's yes. like a one, that sheet she has that's like joke prompts. Yep. And the, like uh, those can be really cheesy. But that but. sheet that she had was really helpful. There were some really good prompts in there that would get your mind going. Yeah. And they were they were really open-ended where it, it wasn't like, um, tell me your thoughts on public transportation or something really, you know, they were like prompts of like, almost like a thing that I hate is, yes. or uh, my, the, the a thing I love that everyone hates is, sort of stuff like that. Yeah, and really it was good. just, it's just to get your brain going, uh, that works. Have uh, have they come up with someone to replace Delvin Cook and the one eight hundred Ask Gary uh, billboards around oh, town? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess they're gonna get a, get somebody new. Maybe Jordan Addison. He's got flash. <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen him play yet, but did you see him? He looked like he borrowed Justin Jefferson's clothes, which I mean, as a compliment. Uh, I didn't see that. at the draft. Oh man, he looked oh, good. Okay. Yeah, he was yeah, wearing yeah. this like jacket, <laughs> yeah. kind of matching suit. He looked good, man. Yes. So he's got he's got swag. So I'm looking forward to Addison. He already experienced with a lawyer. Getting, yeah. uh, you know, I'll tell you this though. Here's my defense of Addison on that one. Here's the thing. Everybody's like, because he was crazy. He was driving like 120 miles an hour. 140 in a Lamborghini on the freeway. Not on his. But okay, very bad. You shouldn't do that. However, However, you know if he would have had a drop of booze in his system, if he would have had any drugs in his car, if he'd have had any weapons in his car, they would have been all over that guy. He was just speeding, and he wasn't doing anything else wrong. He's 22 and he owns a really fast car i would wager to say that everybody is who owns a lamborghini has taken it to 140 at some point oh yeah so i don't think i'm fine i'm I'm pro addison i'm not he's gonna have to be a lot sillier for me to get mad but he does look he does look good in that flashy ass suit i hope his dog was okay yes i hope his allegedly that's a good excuse though my brother got pulled over one time because his buddy had to take. I'm a, gonna shit my pants if I don't get there. That's what my buddy said. Seriously, but, but it was true that my my brother's buddy was like, "Dude, no. you got to get to the gas station." So my brother's like, "Flooring or whatever," and the cop pulls him over, and no. my brother says that to the cop. But like, I you know I guess you know people he said my it. friend is gonna shit his pants. Yeah, and the, the cop was like, he's like, he's like, I'll follow you, and he did, and he gave him like an escort. No, yeah, true. <laughs> On the I'm outside the door listening. Yeah, and I don't know if he doubled. I don't. I'm sure he like made sure they didn't just buy French fries and leave or something. But like, my brother was like, "Yeah, it wasn't. It was not bullshit." <laughs> you know, uh, a cop might be able to find you the secret. You know, uh, public bathroom that you know he goes to use. You never know. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, I never thought about that. I bet cops do know all the good public bathrooms are. Mm-hmm. When yeah. I was an over, not over the road, I was a delivery truck driver sure. in the Twin Cities 20 oh, man. years ago. I've got a ago. downtown location that is the, oh man, I know the downtown location. Uh, oh yeah, that's once, and I, don't, I will not, not be revealing that location on this podcast because if I'm downtown, I know where I need to go. Oh, I've told Tommy Ryman that, uh, that rest in peace, Barnes and Noble, downtown Minneapolis. Sure. Oh, see, that's too obvious, though. No, I know. You think v- I didn't use that one many, many times a, a from very, my way to Twins games? There's a very high-end skyscraper 
with a luxury single locking door, very nice bathroom that's completely public access that even most of the people who work in that building don't know about because it's in a really weird alcove that I know about. And sometimes when I would be going into that bathroom, when I would see people, we would almost give each other like, like you know, you know, because it was like, you have to know if you, if you know, you know. I, yeah, I, I know some notable names in the Twin Cities who walk past that bathroom every day and don't know it's there. Do you, do you like, hand that knowledge off to someone when you pass away? I never told a single human being about it. <laughs> I think I told one friend about it one time, and I regretted it immediately. Yeah, I'd, rather I'd rather say my social security number <laughs> than give away this, this jam of a secret. <laughs> I'm not even downtown that often. I used to be downtown. It was more, uh, it was more pressing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, you used to write reviews for things, right? Oh, we have 20 years. I wrote movie reviews for city pages. Well, 20 years for city pages and nightlife combined 15 years at nightlife. And then about five years at city pages. How did it feel when you real, when you didn't like something and you got to write how much you didn't like Is Was that more fun to write about not liking something? I'm curious. It's more fun to write about stuff. I like, I like telling people about cool stuff. That was my favorite part. Um, I think people like, People think it's fun to trash something, but like, and I think there probably was a time early on that I, I like, ooh, I'm gonna, I don't know, it's kind of showboaty or it's more about you than the movie. Um, I would always rather like a movie and rather write something nice about it. What I, when I liked trashing something, what I liked was when I saw something that I thought was like genuinely offensive, but I don't mean like nudity or they said the wrong word or whatever. I just mean like there'd be like a, like the movie 300. I really hate that movie. And I think that movie is like that. That was a pro Iraq war movie. That was war propaganda when it came out. It was very dehumanizing to middle Eastern people. And it was very intentional oh, and, it, and people just did not pick up on it. And I was like really eager to trash that movie. Cause it's like, no, you guys or like, Oh my God, I was so excited to write a bad review of the Lego movie. One of the most evil movies made in the last hundred years. I mean, one of the most evil movies in the history of cinema, the Lego oh my movie. God. The Lego movie is pure evil. The Lego Why? movie, people are like, oh, they managed to take Lego and make it fun. No, no. What that is, is they the worst kind of commercial is the kind of commercial that makes you feel like it's your friend. That's the worst. The, the capitalism at its most evil makes itself feel like a comfort. That's what Disney has specified in. So people are like, they brought such creativity to the Lego movie. No, they sold a fuck ton of Legos. Not only did they just sell a fuck ton of Legos with their bullshit, mediocre Chris Pratt joke fest of a movie, but then they subdivided the capitalism into Batman and Harry Potter. So they're actually multi-level marketing inside of a giant commercial that they then at the end pitch as this phantasm of imagination. You can do whatever you want with Legos. That's the big thing at the end. Oh, every everything's great and you can do whatever you want with Legos, right? But well, what, what do you do is you buy Batman, you buy Harry Potter, you buy Warner Brothers, you by Spawn Con. Evil shit. <laughs> I hate the Lego Have you movie. shared this with Tommy Ryman? I, I would not want to hurt his feelings. Yeah, He's a very I, good friend I, of mine. You don't. Tommy do Ryman is a, is, a, is a good man. It's like, you know, I wouldn't want to call someone's wife unattractive. It's the same way I wouldn't want to talk about Legos badly to Tommy Ryman. I know how dedicated he is to Legos. And I'm fine with Legos. I don't like the Lego movie. The Lego movie is like, and I think the Barbie movie is like actually in a lot of ways really, really good, but I think the Barbie movie is pernicious in a lot of ways too. Um, I think the Barbie movie is an echo of the Lego movie. Um, Barbie is gonna be for consumer capitalism and IP what Jaws was to summer blockbusters or what Star Wars was. I mean, we've already seen this little trickle of product movies. We had the Flamin' Hot Cheetos movie. We had the Jordans movie. We had the Blackberry movie. We oh had- Blackberry movie? There's a Blackberry movie. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, I, and I'm leaving out a couple of the big product movies. Um, there's a Tetris movie. These are all this year. There have been like six or seven product movies that yeah, are th you're that right. are about where the, the essentially the hero of the movie is the product. Barbie is the one that hit the hardest. Now, Barbie hit the hardest because Greta Gerwig is an amazing director and put a lot of really interesting ideas into it. But at the core of Barbie is pure capitalist. IP bullshit and the legacy of Barbie is not going to be we should get more brilliant women like Greta Gerwig to make super empowered feminist statements in the movies it's going to be what's the next product the next 20 movies like Barbie aren't going to be like Barbie in the most essential way they're going to be missing the key thing it, Barbie's not going to lead to a wave of feminist movies it's going to lead to a wave of Rubik's Cube movies yeah I, yeah, I think you're right and that's not Greta Gerwig's fault Greta right, Gerwig right. made a great movie but that's what's going to happen yeah I think you're right it caused my wife to order a Barbie t-shirt off Etsy. It is so insanely commodified. I mean, the, 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 whole, the whole Barbenheimer thing was an interesting sort of organic, sort of astroturfed sort of organic thing, but you can see the Mattel is so happy because like the, the genius of this kind of like the Lego movie is Mattel doesn't even have to give you commercials for it. They give you the thing and the idea and then you're so eager to like, become part of the Barbie vibe that you just go online and look for Barbie shit. What, yeah. what, what, what kind of Barbie? Well, well I want to wear my Barbie dress to the thing. Ooh, we're going to have a Barbie themed uh, bachelorette party. By the way, that's the new basic bitch formula is Barbie themed bachelorette <laughs> parties. Get ready to see a fucking hundred of those for the next two years. <laughs> oh my god yeah how can we start making money how can you and i start making money off that oh yeah i know it's like uh, if only i was evil i always know where the bad things are going i was like i, I my whole life i was like oh look look where everything's going that's pretty evil Yeah, because i think you're and right I'm, and it's coming yeah how, how can we get, take advantage of this yeah yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at prognosticating i'm just always on the i'm always going Oof, that's the opposite of what i would like to happen <laughs> yeah no shit right yeah, no kidding. What time is it? Oh, we should probably wrap this up. How much, uh, is there something you wanted to mention before we hit the road here? New album's out. Uh, I'm funnier than Nate Abishire. Uh... <laughs> Still, uh, still, uh, he while well, he was out last night, he gave me some great notes, um, annoyingly good notes. Um, Love it. Uh, so uh, next week, oh yeah, we next week is the contest. We should definitely say, my yeah. goodness, next week you'll be headlining one day, just one yeah, day, right? It's not really headlining. I, I'm kind of running the show. Okay, uh, so it's the the Fun. big finals night. Yeah, uh, uh, big finals of the contest. You'll be here. You'll be judging, I assume, right, Darn for right. your zillionth year in a row. It's funny. I've it, this will be. I think this is the third year I've hosted. Okay. I think it's the third year I've hosted, but then I've been at like almost every oh, yeah. other one. I, I hosted another one before I was like the regular host. I think this is the third, so maybe it's my fourth year. Um, but uh, yeah, so big finals night, always exciting, always packed. It's it's the the energy in the room is different on finals night than every other night. I it's, agree. It's like it's not the same even on a you know uh, when you know Kanane is here sold out. Like that's gonna be amazing. By the way, Can't I love Kyle Kanane. But yes. that's a different energy than the finals. There's there's a little nervous energy, and the, it's just a little bit electric. I love it. And so uh, it used to usually more often. I I feel like it used to kind of be more of a regular show that still also had the contest in it. But I know at least for the last few years, um, we've done it like, uh, and I think this is the way to do it like we're doing this year, which is I'm going to come out, open up, you know, I'm going to get the crowd real warmed up. I'm going to do 15 or 20, get the crowd real warmed up, and then we'll do the finals, which will be five three-minute sets. But, you know, it takes like 20 minutes. Yep. But then after that, we're going to have a great showcase, and we're just going to do three of the best comics in the Twin Cities doing, you know, 10 or 15 minutes each. We're going to have uh, uh, Greg Coleman, Elise Cole, and Nate Abshire 
contractually, I was required to have Nate on the show. Um, and we're going to do them, and I'm going to come out, and you know, I'll just maybe tell a couple more jokes, and then we'll 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 announce the winner. So it's going to be uh, a, a you'll see, I guess you'll see f- nine comics. It'll be a nine comic show. Wow! So it'll be kind of like a showcase. Yeah, I'll be up a little bit more maybe than, but hopefully not too much more. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to have done all this week. I got I haven't written any new jokes. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to see Greg Greg's new stuff, uh, Nate's new stuff, Elise just. Uh, uh, she just recorded a big thing uh, over in St. Paul at yeah, the theater. So she's, yeah, so yeah, they're, 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 I couldn't be more excited. It was, the, it was, I was the first three people that I asked said yes, which was nice. It was like my three numero uno choices. And of course, my next three choices were would have been great too. So, yeah. uh, so that'll year. be next Wednesday. Next Wednesday here at Acme, and then. And then after that, Thursday, Friday, Saturday here is you brought That's the Canadian shows, right? Kyle Canane. Yeah, I mean, I'm not here. working for those, no. but I will come out to one. Thir- not Thursday, Thursday, I will be watching the kickoff of the NFL. Uh, but Friday or Saturday, I will absolutely be seeing Canane because fingers crossed, I'll get him back on this podcast. He's done it once before. The nice. last time he was here headlining at Acme was from a while ago. Yeah, dude, yeah. he's he's been one of the best for a long time. You know, I mean, he's in that Chad Daniels zone of like has gotten progressively bigger for a long time, but like, wh- I'm sure that they're both better, but like, we're great 20 years ago, you know, we're yeah. already, we're just like constantly crushing it 15 years ago and just like, just keep, they never drop off, always get sharper, always get smarter. So like, that's a, that's a can't, I'd say can't miss show, but it's sold out. So I guess if you don't have a ticket, you're going to miss it. Congrats if you have one. Yes. Congrats if you have one, yep. but you can still get to make it to my show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you one final thing here sure. because uh, uh, I know you're a fan of Gary Goleman. Love Gary Goleman. Great guy. Here's the thing. If Gary was a bad comic, but he was that nice of a guy, I would still love him. If Gary was an asshole, but he was that good of a comic, I'd have to be like, that asshole's funny, right? But Gary's a great dude who is that funny. So Wonderful guy. So there are uh, multiple memoirs from comedians coming out this fall. Yeah. Two, I'm really looking forward to and will force myself to either read or listen to the audio. One is Maria Bamford. It's, those are the two I was going to say. I, I, I never read comedian bios, but I'm like, Maria, very interesting, very interesting last few years. I'm curious to hear what's been going on. And then, I mean, Gary's just such a literate guy. He's a big, like, he's a reader. Gary reads a lot. So, like, I know that Gary is taking this seriously. Not that other people don't, but Gary's definitely taking this serious and approaching it, I'm sure, in a different way than most people approach it. Yeah. I, it's going to be, it's going to be a little more, I don't know, depth is the right word, but it's going to be very considered. I, it's going to be great. So you mean you're going to look forward to it too? Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. And I really, I never read comedy books hardly. Yeah. Uh, unless they're like, it's like really old stuff. I mean like, like 50s stuff about like Johnny Carson back in the sure, day sure. stuff. History stuff. And I just, eh, and I, I talk to these people all the time. I mean, not Gary. I wish I hadn't seen Gary in a while, but um, you know, guy, it's my work. I don't want to do that when I'm chilling out. But Gary's book, I will read. And and actually, I could have stolen Maria's book from a radio station last week and had three copies. And I'm kicking myself for not doing it. Had three copies. They would not have noticed one missing. Uh yeah. You know, as you know, I had a job in radio for many years, and that was a nice uh, benefit. I used to get a copy of just about every book that came out. Yeah, the big book. I love city pages. We had the same and thing. Walk past the crap. The ones. giant free book table and then every like once once every four months or so Jessica Armbruster from City Pages we just drive all that all the the stuff that we didn't want to drive it all over to Majors and Quinn and get like you know $15 in credit or whatever right. for for because we'd all picked it over pretty well by then these are brand new 
Here's your 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to get it out. Yeah. Thank you again, Brian. Of course. Great to be back. Of course. Uh, let's, we'll, I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll do this again. I, I hope so. Thank you. Catch you later. Thank you so much for listening to No Laugh Track Podcast, the show with a new comedian headliner every single week with me, the host, Justin Severson. The show is produced in the heart of Minneapolis's North Loop neighborhood at the legendary Acme Comedy Club. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and watch the video version on our official No Laugh Track YouTube channel. Wherever you are enjoying the pod, remember, drop a like, leave a review, and please tell your friends about the show. And most importantly, come to Acme and see my show in person.